Hi there, you are listening to the Learning Design Podcast, powered by ITCLO Learning Innovation. I am Alessia Messuti, and today I'm joined by Momo Bertrand, a colleague from the ITCLO working as communications officer and leading the social media communications of the organization. Today, with Momo, we will talk about his experience as a speaker and trainer and what are good ingredients to make effective online presentations. Hello, Momo. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, Alexia. And thanks for having me here. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's a sunny, sunny afternoon. It's Friday. I'm looking forward to my weekend. And uh, finally, we can also go somewhere. So planning to go for a trekking in the mountain. <laughs> nice. So where, where, where are you based now? Where are you, where are you located? Actually, I'm, I'm in my living room in Torino. I'm just uh, a few miles from Milan in Northern Italy. Okay, and just to contextualize, apart from being in the living room, maybe for the people that are listening, uh, so what, what do you do? What do you do in Torino? So I work with the International Training Center of the ILO, ITC ILO. I am part of the Learning Innovation Program, and um, I, my function is essentially about communication, both on creating communication products, but also on training around effective communication and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So you are a communicator and you're also training people how to communicate uh, can you communicate better. So I, I guess uh, this is an exciting um, job, but also challenging. Def- definitely. I think um, the, the communication and, and the training side are very interrelated because the more you practice, the better you can get at, at also training. And also sometimes when you train, you learn so much from participants and and it's, it's definitely challenging, but also very exciting as an experience, I would say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can definitely say that you are an inspiring uh, colleague because I'm always learning uh, from uh, your tips. Uh, I see you are very popular on, uh, I mean, not you're very pop. I mean, you are popular, but you're also very uh, active on social media. So I see that people are also following your channel to get some uh, um, tips on how to communicate uh, effectively at the workplace. Uh, what are the channels that you are using? That's well, th- thanks a lot. Um, I, I use a lot LinkedIn. I think it's it's a really good platform because especially for professionals. So I share tips on how to communicate better, especially verbal communication, so presentation tips. But I also explore other platforms like TikTok and Instagram. But I would, I would have to say that uh, the best engagement I get is on LinkedIn. So so we can all follow you on LinkedIn to get some uh, good tips about communication then after this podcast interview. Yeah, I'd I'd be glad to connect. (laughs) (laughs) So just to go into the focus of communication. So you say that you are a communicator and you also teach and um, train people on how to communicate. Maybe one thing that I wanted to ask you uh, is... uh, 
what's the difference between being in a room and presenting in front of, uh, of, a, of, of an audience that is physical? So you're presenting face-to-face, you're delivering a presentation in front of an audience and presenting online. So you are seated in your living room or you're seated in your office, you're connected through your uh, desktop computer or mobile phone, and you are delivering to an audience that might be perhaps bigger, but uh, perhaps you don't connect with all of them at the same time. Yeah, definitely, I think I think this is something that we've all had to learn in the past in the past year with the COVID nineteen pandemic. I would say the difference is essentially around two things. Um, first, the level of tactile experience that you can have if it's a face to face. Training, you could have people coming together around a table and doing a, a you know a group work, for example. You could have a coffee with somebody, and you know, like the, the Americans say, eyeball to eyeball conversations. Of course, online that is not always very easy to do. Yes, you could have a virtual coffee, but I can't smell the aroma of your coffee if you're you know <laughs> six thousand miles away. So I think that's the first sort of difference, which is pretty obvious, but I think it has a lot of implications for training and presentation. The second is the level, the use of technology. I think there's, there's in a face-to-face experience, yes, you could use PowerPoint. Yes, you could use you know, a few other tools to engage people. But I think the online experience gives us so much possibility to use technology, not only for productivity use, but also for inclusion in presentation. So you could have live subtitling, you could have People, you know, brainstorming together from the seven, you know, corners of the planet. I think this, of course, we lose the tactile experience, but we also gain when it comes to technology. So I think that has been my take. But I know that things are changing very fast, also because there's a lot of hybrid presentations going on. So it's it's definitely a very it's going to be an interesting space to watch in the coming years. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, we, we also discussed with other colleagues at the training center about the future scenarios, hybrid presentation, hybrid training, having people, some, some in the classroom, some uh, online. It will be definitely challenging, but also exciting. So we will have to learn. One thing that uh, uh, you, you mentioned that um, about the differences, for example, I talk about my experience. I am, a, I am a trainer as well, but I also tend to be a kind of an introvert person. So I know that whenever I have to present in face-to-face settings, I'm getting a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious because, you know, I have to be in front of the audience. And the one thing that I can leverage on from the online is that I am getting a little bit more comfortable. I know the tools. I know that I'm going to sit on a comfortable chair. I have everything in front of my of my screen. I have some prompts and post it on my desk that will help me with my pitch. So uh, I rather say that uh, I'm, I know that uh, seeing people and having people in front of you, you can connect through eyes. It's definitely super uh, nice and super impactful, but uh, I'm enjoying also delivering presentation in front of my computer. <laughs> I don't know what's your experience. Uh, I think me too. I, I am like a really deep introvert. Like I could have a good presence on stage, but I am very much of an introvert. And something that <laughs> sometimes felt a bit daunting was when you go to a face-to-face experience and after you have to talk to so many people, like for me, an introvert, it's an extra effort. But um, in an online Zoom, as soon as the call is finished, you're like, okay, it's been great meeting you and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so I think definitely um, from the from 
introvert to introvert, I would say definitely it's it's something that I, I, I admire too. But of course, I would say it definitely depends on the size of the public, whether I'm familiar with the public or not, or something. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely pros and cons, pros and cons. Of course, I'm definitely looking forward to have my first training in presence uh, as soon as possible. So definitely looking forward to that. But um, just going back to presenting online, and therefore, because this is the focus of the podcast episode. So we are used to, let's say, digest, digest content uh, on so many platforms. So we are on social media, we are uh, reading uh, our curated uh, content uh, list coming from uh, different websites we are uh, using. We have uh, also materials printed on our desk then we have zoom we meetings webinar meetings all all the day how can we avoid the so-called death by powerpoint so if you are a trainer if you are a speaker and what are the tips that you would like to suggest in order to make a presentation still shine uh, in online settings yeah i think that that's a very that's a very important question and i think it Anybody who's worked in the online space, uh, you know, knows that that really matters. I feel maybe the first way to avoid that by PowerPoint is actually not using a PowerPoint. And I think sometimes the the automatic, you know, action is as soon as I come and I start my presentation, I share my screen. Maybe taking two or three minutes to connect with the audience without a PowerPoint could be one way to to, to start. Other ways to, to start a presentation in a way that's engaging could be to start with a question. So instead of saying, okay, my presentation is about sustainable development, ask the audience, what do you think about the state of sustainable development today? So just simple questions or starting with a quiz or starting with a strong fact, like, okay, 2030, we have till 2030 to achieve all the sustainable development goals. So. The start, the way we start is, is quite important. I think also during the presentation, I think we, we need to move from broadcasting to conversation mode. So there's a lot of tools that you can use uh, to make your presentation interactive. I, I love Kahoot, especially because you can gamify a presentation and it becomes like uh, who wants to win millions or something, you know, like this kind of fun game. But there's, I think there's a lot of evidence that when you make a presentation interactive, when you gamify a, a, a presentation, it's not only more engaging, but it could also be more memorable. And I think one last thing is respecting people's time. So I've seen a lot that there's like this meme that says, working from home doesn't mean working 24 on 24. <laughs> and so we, we think that because people are in an online experience, we can go 30, 40, 52 hours above people's you know time. I don't, I think, we should definitely respect people's time. And when the last slide is there, okay, thank you. <laughs> we end up because, so those, those are some, some tips, but of course, I'd say um, being able to actively seek feedback on everything, whether it's the beginning, the middle and engagement of the presentation or ending on time, seeking feedback from the audience on all these points, for me, it's, it's really important. Thank yeah. You. No, I like these. Uh, I like these um, these tips because, um, yeah, I I see what you are saying. So using PowerPoint presentation as a conversational tool rather than a broadcasting tool. So you don't have to put uh, all the content uh, you have on the certain topic on the presentation because this is will not be the single mean 
through which learners will know or will learn about that specific topic. You mentioned sustainable development, but using it as a conversational tool, using it as a way to guide the conversation, to trigger reflection and to, to seek feedback, which is something that perhaps we are not used to, right? Because whenever we are called to become speakers in a certain event, we always tend to put a lot of responsibilities on ourselves as well, right? So I think it's really like a type of mindset that um, does not apply to only, only to online settings, but also to face-to-face, -face, I guess. There are many things that are uh, applying to both modalities. Um, definitely good. And I like also what you said at the beginning. Don't start with the uh, with, uh, with PowerPoint, but try uh, to, to, to find a moment to connect and to maybe start with your personal uh, story or your, your personal background. There usually are, there are good things that you can uh, uh, highlight and hook the, the, the learner from the very beginning. And from just to, to go back to the PowerPoint, because I know that people, even though they will be interested and like uh, our, our conversation, they will still decide to create a PowerPoint because, uh, you know, there is no speech without a PowerPoint. Yeah. Is there any tip that uh, you, will, uh, you will like to share with us in terms of, uh, for example, how do you structure practically a PowerPoint? Is there anything that you would like to highlight? according to your experience? Yeah. Um, first thing, realize that the PowerPoint is not your presentation, it's a support. And I think you already mentioned it, Alessia, but it, it's really worth you know, emphasizing that rather don't have 17, 17 bullets, have the one most important point on, in on each slide. I've seen what some of the most beautiful presentations I've seen had one sentence per slide, you know, like the punchline because people won't remember more than one sentence, for example. I think another thing that's important is, of course, I think it's even cliche, but you know, one picture could be worth a thousand words. So sometimes if you're talking about a challenge or a problem or a vision that you have, it may make more sense to have a powerful image you know, than having you know, 17 lines of text. And another thing that, this, this is not necessarily related to the design of the PowerPoint, but how we, we approach our presentations to realize that you want to put on the slides what you can't communicate verbally. So really, if your slides don't lead the presentation, they just back up your presentation. Because many times the, we put the PowerPoint at the forefront and we are the assistants, but that's not it. I, I saw one, one quote like, um, you may use PowerPoint, but you are the point of power. And I think that's something that people should definitely keep in mind when they design PowerPoints. Yeah, that's very good. And I also want to add that um, I, I'm trying to apply what you're saying. Of course, it takes some time because uh, it's easier not to copy and paste content and put it on the slide and that's it. Of course, it takes some time. But um, one one other tip that I can give is that uh, sometimes I use the content and I put it in the notes of my presentation. So I I try to condense all the the heavy content in the notes. So I know I'm creating my 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 let's say my my flow. And then in the in the slide I will only put the essential point or the essential image, the title, the questions. And uh, indeed, the PowerPoint presentation can become also a learning material. So if I have to share it after an event, then of course, uh, during the event, it will be a successful hook 
from a visual point of view or from um, uh, an essential uh, point of view, but it also contains some information in the notes. So if someone wants to go through it uh, uh, as a standalone material. So, uh, and um, it's nice also from a trainer point of view to curate resources and then try to see, okay, how can I condense this? How can I, uh, how can I make it um, uh, essential in my presentation? Okay, thank you, Momo. I think um, these were like very good tips from a practical point of view. My last question for you uh, to conclude uh, is, uh, apart from listening to our conversation today, uh, that for sure it will be inspiring, but is there any website or resource that you recommend uh, our listeners to go uh, so that maybe they can uh, look for some examples of powerful presentations or powerful pitches? Yeah, definitely. I think for, for good examples, the obvious the obvious you know leader is TED. So if you go to tedtalks.com, you'd see so many inspiring talks. What I do is if I have to give a presentation on a topic, I go and look at the best TED talks on that topic, and then you could get a lot of inspiration. Other platforms for interaction, like Kahoot, are pretty good. Mentimeter too are pretty good for in, to, to make your presentations interactive and engaging. Um, Design-wise, there's a lot of free templates on Canva, on Google Slides. Um, also, Prezi has pretty good templates that you could explore. But really, I think I would invest more if I wanted to become a better presenter. I would invest more in learning about methodologies by exploring books like Talk Like TED or TED Talks or, you know, um, how to influence people. I would invest more in the methodology rather than in the tools because tools come and go, but I think the, the essential structure of a story of convincing has remained the same since the first human beings you know, left the caves, I think. So, yeah. No, thank you. Thank you very much. I think you said uh, uh, a valuable message uh, that at the end of the day, let's not forget that we are all human. So if you are a speaker, you are going to participate in an important event or you are a trainer, you're going to uh, deal with uh, 20 participants or learners for uh, a short um, period of uh, time. We are, at the end of the day, all human beings and that's the most valuable thing that uh, we, we can do uh, and we don't have to forget uh, in, in our next uh, online session. So thank you very much, Momo. I hope uh, it was uh, interesting for you to have this conversation and to reflect about your experience. Thank and you. uh, we wish you a good uh, afternoon. Thank you and have a good weekend. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you for listening to the e-learning design podcast, a series of episodes to freely talk about e-learning design in the development sector. Stay tuned. More updates from Learning Innovation soon.